Last week, we, we focused on the resurrected Jesus appearing to his disciples behind those locked doors. They were there because of their fear and their anxiety. And Jesus takes the initiative to appear amongst them and to grant them, to offer them his peace, his shalom. This morning's reading and uh, this message uh, here at 7 a.m. really is going to be uh, part of a two-parter, which will be continued at 9 a.m. So if you want to get the full message, then maybe you need to watch the next service or at least the the podcast of the message a little bit uh, later on, perhaps during the week. This passage, though, continues the idea that Jesus ministers to to his disciples in those days after the the resurrection, a time of great anxiety, a time of of uncertainty and and of fear. This story we see is of two, just two of his followers, one who's named, who's named as Cleopas, And maybe that gives an indication that uh, maybe he goes on to do other things within the life of the church later on, the fact that he is named. But the focus is on on these two who leave Jerusalem and make the seven mile, the the journey to, to Emmaus. For them, Jerusalem was a place of of, uh, of anxiety. It was a place in which they had seen their, their Lord. They had seen Jesus crucified, or they certainly had encountered uh, the crucifixion and the consequences of it. They were fleeing, if you like, from this place of mourning and of sadness, and they were seeking a place where they would be safe and at peace, and they could come and reflect And so they headed for Emmaus. I want to hold out to all of us this morning that we ourselves can find find ourselves on this journey. All of us have a Jerusalem, and all of us have an Emmaus. And if for, for us, perhaps Jerusalem represents in our own lives those moments of sadness, of loss, Maybe it's of dreams that have uh, suddenly been destroyed or undermined. Maybe it's of plans just not working out, of dreadful disappointment, of a sense of loss. Those are our places of Jerusalem. For us, maybe Emmaus is the places to which we flee in our moments of, of anxiety or sadness or grief or whatever it might be that has disturbed the peace of our lives. That we flee, we try to get away, we try to put distance between ourselves figuratively and those places of hardship. I suspect that for all of us, we have all had an experience of Jerusalem, Emmaus, or maybe somewhere in between. And I wonder where you are on this day. Are you struggling? Are you struggling with with the future? Are you struggling with lockdown? Are you struggling with the sense of isolation that you feel, of being separated from those whom you love? Maybe it's grandchildren. Maybe it's children. Maybe it's good friends. Maybe you're on the journey. Maybe you are fleeing, somehow trying to cope 
with, uh, with your Jerusalem and you are fleeing and, and trying to find your pace, place of peace, your Emmaus. This word of encouragement then as we read the passage uh, is for you and it's for me, wherever you happen to be on your journey. You see, our call, our, our um, faith as Christians is quite often described in terms of, of a journey. And the reason for that is that we are not called ever to be stationary. As Christians, we are always on a journey. We know where we've come from. We don't always know where the journey is going to take us. But nevertheless, we are called to take one step in front of the other. And sometimes it's a, it's a journey of great joy. And at other times, it's a journey of uh, of despair, it's a journey of sadness, it's a journey of loss. But whatever the nature of our journey, I believe that this passage speaks loud and clear. As, the, as Cleopas and his travel companion leave Jerusalem, mysteriously Jesus appears uh, with them. And we're told that they don't recognize him. I've, uh, I've pondered on that uh, at length over the years, and I've heard many different ways of, of explaining why it was that they didn't, they didn't recognize Jesus. One of those is that, well, it was, it was the evening and the sun was going down, and maybe, just maybe, Jesus appeared and he was between them and the sun. As they looked at Jesus, the glow of the sun perhaps concealed his, his face. It's a possibility, I guess. One of the other explanations is that, well, we see what we want to see. So often it is in our journey that our expectations, in fact, shape our reality. On that journey that day, filled with grief and, and with sadness, they did not expect to see Jesus. They had no idea that he was going to rise from the dead. Even though they had heard Jesus speak and tell them, they just, they had not understood. And so it is that on that road, their expectations narrow their, their vision. And they don't see Jesus because they don't expect to see him. I think there's a, a third explanation, perhaps. I think that they were kept from seeing him, and that seems to be the the straightforward reading of the passage, that for a reason, for a good reason, Jesus kept those two companions from seeing who he was. But I think that Jesus had a good reason. I think it was a good reason. Could you imagine the opposite? Could you imagine if he appeared in all of his risen glory uh, to those disciples? Of course, they would have recognized him immediately. And they would, of course, they would have perhaps dropped to their knees in worship. Maybe they would have been filled with tears of emotion. Maybe they would have sought to embrace him. In so doing, we would have lost out on an opportunity. Jesus would have lost out on an opportunity to hear their heart cry, to hear the truth of their lostness. They had expected something different. And we also realize that as they speak, although they speak of Jesus as a great prophet, nowhere do they acknowledge Jesus as the Messiah, as the Savior. And all of their experience, 
they knew quite a lot about Jesus, but actually these two travelers didn't know Jesus himself. They didn't know his true identity. And Jesus takes the time to lead them to a greater understanding. And so it is as they pour out their hearts, are you the only one who doesn't understand, who hasn't seen the things that have happened in Jerusalem, they say. And as they walk on together, Jesus is able to point them back to Scripture. He's able to unpack the prophets, and he's able in all of us to point to who he is and the truth of who he is, his true identity. And later on, they are able to acknowledge that their hearts burnt within them as Jesus did that. It's another beautiful image. Jesus didn't literally warm their hearts. It was the power of the Spirit. Even there on the road, as Jesus speaks, so the Spirit is working within them and helping them to, to understand, to remember what Jesus has said and to understand fully what the Scriptures have said. And so the journey continues to Emmaus, and their travel companion, the Lord Jesus, goes with them. And finally, in that simple act of breaking bread, Jesus reveals who he is. You know, so often we, we jump to the conclusion that that breaking of bread is all about communion. It's what we do here most Sundays when we are gathered. But I think that jump is uh, to limit what Jesus was saying, to limit the idea of, of the Eucharist. What we do here is just a shadow. It's just a symbol, just a sign that points to, to the truth of who Jesus is. No, Jesus wasn't pointing to, to communion, to the Eucharist. Jesus was pointing to himself as he broke that bread. He reminded them again of his own broken body, of his own sacrifice, of as he broke, as he broke on the cross, as he poured out his life, so he became nourishment for all of us, so he fed us, so he revealed the truth of who he is to them. And so it is, as, uh, as he reveals the fullness of his identity, he mysteriously disappears and the disciples are left on their own. But it is changed and transformed. And we, we read that they leave that very hour, although it's in the middle of the night and the road would have been dangerous, they leave that very night to return to Jerusalem. The journeys that we take lead us to strange places sometimes, places that we don't expect. And I want to hold out to you this morning in the midst of your lockdown and perhaps in the midst of your own anxieties and fears that this journey that we're on is for a purpose. And that purpose is so that Jesus can reveal himself more fully to us. He wants to journey with us. He wants to reveal himself to us. And so, let's take this opportunity. And isn't it challenging that maybe as we journey, we are led back to our places of pain and of, uh, of mourning, of grief, of isolation. We led back to our Jerusalems, not to linger in our Emmauses, but to go back to those places that are challenging to us. But this time, empowered and equipped with our new experience of Jesus. 
And so we bring his life, his witness, into our places of despair and of challenge. I think that's what we're called to do during this isolation, during this lockdown, is for us to allow a new experience of Jesus, to transform our attitude towards life, to transform our attitude towards Jesus, to transform our attitude towards our companions on the journey, and in the process for us to witness to the amazing power of Jesus Christ to bring hope and joy to every circumstance even to our circumstances that we find most challenging. And so let us pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that we are not alone in our journey, but that you accompany us. Thank you, Lord, that we have the scriptures to help us to go back and to understand who you really are. And thank you, Lord, that we have your spirit working within our hearts, directing us and guiding us every step of the way. And thank you, Lord, that you give us purpose and meaning as we are led to witness to you afresh. Amen. Amen.